Hey, who's dreaming about the summer? Yeah? <laughs> it's a bit cold at the moment, isn't it? You know, I'm dreaming about the summer. Charlotte and I had um, the great privilege of having an amazing summer holiday uh, last summer, last year, 2017. Um, and uh, we, 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 we got to go to Cyprus, which was incredible. And uh, we went away with all of Charlotte's family, uh, and we stayed in this incredible villa, uh, in Cyprus, and um, and <laughs> we we got there. We got to this villa where they, they, we were all. Charlotte's got quite a big family, and we were all staying there. And we got to this villa, and I looked around, and I said, Charlotte, we are not wealthy enough to be staying in a place like this. It was amazing, and and the story. What had happened was um, Charlotte's sister's husband's uncle whatever kind of relation that is. Um, he, uh, about 10 years ago, had, um, he, was, he was doing some stuff with property and he'd invested uh, in, a, uh, in, in a kind of a new build project over in Cyprus and he, and he put about a, kind of 100 grand or something into buying a place off plan in Cyprus and everyone said to him, you're crazy. What, you, this place might not even get built. You know, there's so many unfinished properties there. Wow, you're crazy putting this money into this property. And anyway, he went ahead and he did it. Um, and uh, it was just a, it was a random new build, kind of in the middle of nowhere. But 10 years later, the property did get finished. And so did a ton of other properties. A whole development, a whole resort got built up around this one property. Uh, and now it's worth millions. It's this incredible uh, investment, this risk uh, that uh, Charlotte's sister's uncle-in-law or whatever uh, took. Uh, and, it, and it got me thinking, I thought, actually, do you know what? That's the kind of people that God is calling us to be. You know, not that we'll all have uh, holiday homes in Cyprus worth millions, but I mean, that would be nice, please, Lord. Um, but we are called to be a people that take risks and that sow and invest, even sometimes when it seems a bit crazy. Because God is a God that wants to give us the things that we ask for. He wants to make us fruitful. And, um, and I'm really excited about that as we head into this new year together. Because, uh, you know, God has given us here at SPS a big vision a vision to make disciples, to transform communities, and to plant churches. Uh, and what I love is that this isn't just a vision that we get to talk about. This is a vision that we get to see. It's a vision that we have been seeing in amazing ways. The way uh, even just over this past year, uh, as we've run things like Alpha, we've seen people come to know Jesus for the first time who've never known him before. That's what's happened uh, in our midst. That's amazing. That's exciting, isn't it? We're seeing disciples being made. Uh, we're seeing communities transformed. You know, I keep talking about it, but I love the fact that we do the night shelter here. Uh, and in fact, over this last uh, week, I've had about three or four different people from outside the church say to me, it's amazing the way that you're able to care for people uh, in the night shelter. And I've been able to talk to them about it. And I've been noticing how people who've just come into the church for the very first time really want to get plugged into that because they see that it's something that's transforming our community. You know, and that's just one example. And of course, it's amazing to see the way that God has used this congregation to plant others you know, over the last decade, we've seen four significant church plants go out of this church. 
You know, that is remarkable. And even in this last 12 months, it's been amazing to send families to Canning Town and support the new plant uh, that came out of All Hallows Bow, which was one of our initial plants, so our grandchild. And it's been amazing to get behind St. Peter's Bethnal Green as they think about how they're going to plant another grandchild church plant. And I'm really excited to be able to tell you a bit more about that over the next few weeks. I've been excited the way we've been able to get involved supporting people in South London as they start new initiatives as well. It's amazing the way that we are seeing God outwork the vision that he has given us. And I am excited because I believe that God is calling us to see more. Yeah? Do you believe that? Okay, get your Bibles and open them up to John 15. One of the reasons that I told you that little story uh, about the villa in Cyprus was not just because I wanted to kind of whet your appetite for the summer to come, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the fact that when I was there actually this summer, it was an amazing opportunity uh, for us to just kind of take some time out and to think and to pray. And one of the things that I really felt, um, this is back in August, uh, that God spoke to me about was this passage uh, in John 15. And and I really felt that God, um, back then in August, that God said, I want you to look at this in the new year. And so I've kind of just been sitting on it. I've kind of been holding it uh, for six months now. And I wasn't really sure uh, where God was going with this. Uh, But then over the last few weeks, as I've kind of picked it up and reflected and prayed into it a little bit more, I really feel uh, like God has a very specific word for us. Um, I'm going to read to you um, from John 15, starting at verse 1, and we're going to go through to to verse 17. So Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life 
for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because servants do not know their master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you that you are a God who speaks to us who wants us to know you. Jesus, we thank you for the Gospels, Lord, these windows into your life here on earth, the words that you said to your first disciples. And and Jesus, as we take these moments now to look at this passage, would you speak to us? Fill us with your vision. Amen. Amen. So as I reflected on this passage, not really knowing what uh, God wanted uh, us to draw out of it, um, it suddenly dawned on me, and it may sound silly now, I've just read it, you might think, come off, of course this is what God was saying. I suddenly thought, hey, you know, what's the point of a vine? It's to bear fruit. That's it. It's It's not more complicated than that. The whole purpose of a vine is to bear fruit. Without fruit, it is worthless. And in a nutshell, that's what I want to talk to us about today. The fact that God has created us and has chosen us to bear fruit. That is what God wants for each one of us. That's what God wants for this church, for us to be fruitful. Do you know what the very first command that God gives to mankind is? You can look it up in Genesis 1.28. The very first words that God says to mankind. Be fruitful. And then we see this command of God echoed throughout Scripture. You know, we were created to be fruitful. God has now chosen us to be fruitful. And I believe that God is saying to us, St. Paul Shadwell, this church family here in East London, doing our little bit, playing our little part, I believe that God is saying to us this year, be fruitful. This is what I've created you for. And this is what I have chosen you for. So bear fruit. And as, I, and as I've looked at this passage over the last few weeks, I believe that God uh, gives us a strategy for how we can do that here. And it ain't rocket science. You know, it's pretty straightforward, really. And I just want us to look a, a little bit this morning, just quickly, at well, what is the strategy that God is giving us in order to be fruitful in the way that he has created and chosen us to be? And the first thing is this, 
Jesus says, keep connected. You know, I have had throughout this last year um, a daily reminder of death. Okay, does that sound fun? No, not really. Um, but this year, throughout the whole of the year, every time I come out of my, um, my back door, which is kind of our front door now, every time I come out of my door uh, and I look to the left, I see this uh, enormous um, dead vine. And uh, we're, we're very fortunate in London that we happen to have a garden. And uh, one of the things that we did, well, I say we, I did, when we first moved here into Shadwell, uh, was I thought we need to get rid of this vine, this ivy that's all up the side of the building. Uh, this is a nightmare. Uh, so I thought, okay, do you know what I'm going to do? I am going to get my axe. Who's got an axe? Yeah? Not many, but those chosen few... I'm going to get my axe and I'm taking out the bottom of that vine. And I did, I chopped out a chunk. It's quite hard work, actually. Chopped out a chunk about that big. Sure enough, the whole thing within, I don't know, probably within a month, actually, it took a while, the whole thing just died brown. And I thought, okay, it's, it's gradually going to fall off. This is great. I've sorted it. Unfortunately, though, it doesn't really work like that. So apparently what happens is as soon as you kind of cut a vine off, it just goes as quickly as it can and sucks even harder uh, onto the wall because it thinks I need to hang on here for dear life. And so actually it's a nightmare to try and, uh, to try and get it off. So there it has sat for 12 months, uh, brown and dead uh, and uh, looking really, really ugly. Uh, and I get to see it every single day. Uh, however, this week uh, it was great because we had some, uh, some tree surgeons and uh, some of the, uh, the kind of the, the London diocesan horticulturalists uh, come in and deal with this vine. I said, you need to get that thing off the wall. Uh, and they said, yeah, we'll do it. And actually it was a nightmare to do it because uh, apart from the fact that it's really high, once a vine has been, uh, has been killed... It just breaks up and it just disintegrates. It still holds onto the wall, but it, you can't pull it off in one piece. And so this poor guy was up a ladder with a mask on just all morning trying to hack this thing uh, off the wall, causing all sorts of mess. Because, you know, the reality is, is that for something to live, for something to be fruitful, it must remain connected to the source of life. There's nothing clever about that. That's just the way it is, isn't it? You know, if something's going to be alive, then it must remain connected to its source of life. And Jesus says to us, keep connected. Keep connected. Stay plugged in to Jesus, who is the source of our life. So how do we do that? How do we keep connected? Well, you know, there's all sorts of things that we can do personally, isn't there? Uh, Philippa spoke to us a little bit about this last week. One of the things that she was talking about that that she's doing this year is is the Bible in one year. Uh, She's kind of challenged herself and the rest of us uh, to join her in reading the Bible in one year. You know, that's something that we can all do to keep connected to Jesus. We can read his word and uh, we can challenge and encourage and support one another as we do that. You know, we can pray more. Uh, we can do all these kind of things that are sort of personal 
disciplines that kind of help tra train ourselves and keep ourselves connected to Jesus. But you know what? I think there is one thing which I honestly believe goes over and above everything. I think this is the key thing that Jesus calls us to in order to be connected to him. And that is to get connected to his church. The key strategy that Jesus has given us to be connected to him is to be connected to his church. Church was Jesus' idea. You know, we often talk about church as, as being the hands and feet of Christ on the earth today. You know, we talk about church as Jesus' body. You know, there's all these incredible analogies of what church is. And the way that it is, Jesus, for us today. And what I want to talk about today are branches. Jesus calls us to be branches in his church. You know, it's great that we can have a personal relationship with him. But I believe that, that our primary connection, dare I even say that, to God, is always through his church. We're called to do this together. I don't believe we can do it on our own. We're called to be together, to love Jesus together. It's never just about me and my personal relationship with Jesus. It's about us and our relationship with Jesus. It's about the church, the global church, Jesus' body all across the world, and our relationship with Jesus. You know, that's why it's so great that Pam can lead us in prayer for, for the nations, you know, and we can be connected with Jesus' people all across the world. You know, this is about us and him. Jesus is calling us to be connected, to commit to serve, to pray, to give into his church, to turn up, to organize our lives around him and his church. You know, it was 18 months ago where we began to talk about our core, uh, this thing that kind of sits right in the middle of our discipleship. You know, what is it that's the core of who we are? And we talked about C-O-R-E, didn't we? C-O-R-E, celebration, organization, relationships and evangelism. These are the things that are core to who Jesus has called us to be. You know, one of those is organization. We need to organize ourselves around Jesus so that we can give our money, we can give our time, we can give our resources, give our lives to him, into his church, his kingdom here on earth. You know what? If you don't turn up, you're not here. <laughs> it's, that's true, yeah? If you don't turn up, you're not here. And it means there is a U-shaped hole in this church. And I believe God would challenge each one of us at the start of this year, turn up, get serious, be committed, commit, serve, pray, give. It's how we keep connected to Jesus together. You know, at the beginning of this year, I've got no hesitation in saying to you that I believe you need to make church a priority. Come to church. But don't just come to church, be the church. 
be the church. You know, that's why groups are so important, because church isn't just about Sundays. There's so many ways that we can be innovative and we can connect together with Jesus. So get stuck in. Sundays, groups, pray. Pray with one another. Pray for your leaders, please. You know, let's get connected this year. Because I believe as we remain connected to Jesus and his church, we will be fruitful in every area of life. You know, make Jesus' church a priority, and I believe you will have a better work life, a better marriage, better relationships with your kids. You know, if you're looking for a partner in 2018, get connected to church. I remember, I remember a really good mate of mine, he was, um, I remember he, he, uh, a little while ago he said to me, oh, Phil, said, oh, you know, I re- I'm just, I wonder if God is calling me to singleness. I wonder if God's calling me to be single. Um, I, I think he might be, and you know what, I'm just, I just think I just need to focus on church and the leadership opportunities that are being presented to me and just get really connected and plugged in. I said, yeah, let's, you know, well, I'll pray for you in that. And a couple of weeks later, he began a really fruitful relationship with the woman that is now his wife. You know, if you're looking for a partner in 2018, get connected to church. I believe if we commit ourselves to Jesus and his church, we will be fruitful in every area of our lives. And that will look different for different ones of us. But you get what I'm saying. You know, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you, he meant it. Get connected. Keep connected. Because if you don't, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. You can't do it alone. Keep connected. Number two, believe that Jesus is saying to us keep clean. I was really struck by verse 2 here when I read this passage. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You know, we've got to allow God to prune us. Everything in you that bears no fruit, every dead thing, cut it off. Is anyone surprised by that? No. Come on, I don't need to spend much time on this. We know that if there's something in our life that is holding us back, we need to cut it off. We need to allow God to get rid of it. But that wasn't the bit that really struck out to me, because I think, I think we know that. I think we know that. If there's something that is not good in our lives, we need to cut it off. But then, Jesus says, every branch that is bearing fruit, going to prune it so they will be more fruitful and it it struck me when I read this and I thought hey you know what we're going to get cut everyone everyone everyone's going to get cut one way or the other if it's dead cut it off if it's fruitful cut it back you know all of us need to submit ourselves to God's pruning process And it it got me thinking about this whole area of pruning things that are fruitful. You know, are there things in our lives or things in our church that 
that are fruitful or have been fruitful, good things. Because you know the good things, well, God wants to prune them so that they can be even more fruitful. And you know, I think there's a temptation for us to look at ourselves, to look at our lives, to look at our families, to look at our church, and to think, hey, these are good things. These are good things, and they are, and they're things that God uses and has used and may continue to use. But there's a temptation for us to then go, right, I'm going to protect these with everything that I have got. And sometimes God says, well, actually, I want to, I want to prune that because I've got something even more fruitful for you. And I think as, as a church, that's something that we need to think about this year as we head into 2018. Yeah, we, we need to cut off the bad but how does God want to prune the good? So we had these tree surgeons that came in uh, and did a whole load of work um, around the site here. And, um, and I learned something about pruning, which was really interesting. Um, uh, and there was a little phrase that one of the tree surgeons was using. And he said, well, look, when you prune stuff, you, you, always, you always go back to bud. <laughs> you always cut it back to a bud. Because what happens then is it's this new bud, this new shoot of life that the, the new branch grows from. You know, and actually, if you, don't, if you, just, if you cut that, that bud off, well, actually, all the branch that's left before you get back to another bud is basically useless because the new growth always comes from the bud. And I believe for all of us, because, you know, we are all leaders here, each one of us is called to take our role as a leader in this vine, in this church, in this community. You know, I believe one of the roles for us as leaders is to look for the buds, to look for the new shoots, for the new things that are going to bring life. And then we need to allow God to take us back to bud. Sometimes that can be difficult. Because sometimes we, we love the thing that we recognize as a strong and fruitful branch. And actually, there's nothing wrong with that. But actually, God's saying, hey, I've got a new bud. And this is going to be even more fruitful. So there's a challenge for us all to spot the buds. I don't know if you've got the same note in your Bible. Um, but in this passage in Verse 2, there's a little, um, yeah, here it is. It says a little A by the word prunes. And it says that in the Greek, the word for prune is the same as the word for clean. And it's interesting if we start to think about pruning as cleaning. You know, we want to be clean. And then what I love is the, is the next verse, verse 3. And Jesus says, actually, you are already clean. So effectively, Jesus is saying everything, everything is going to get cleaned, but you're already clean. And I love that because when I think about pruning and I think about, uh, I think about what God is doing in, in my life, in, in our lives, actually pruning is harsh, yeah? I mean, I, I'm seeing this a lot because we've had a whole load of trees pruned and pollarded now. And actually, when you get pruned, it, it's painful and suddenly you feel exposed the covering has gone. Things look a bit bare. They look different. Things are a different shape. Pruning can seem harsh. 
And it feels like, well, there's a little encouragement in here. And then God says, I want to prune you. I want to clean you. I want to keep you clean. But remember, you are already clean. This isn't, this isn't because there's a massive problem here. Remember, if it's good, I'm going to clean it. I'm going to keep it clean. You know, we know that Jesus has made each one of us clean because of what he has done for us. Because of the word that you have received, you are clean, says Jesus. But he also says, keep clean. Everything that bears fruit, I'm going to prune it so that, so that it can bear more fruit. You know, we need to keep connected. And we need to keep clean. And I believe also that God is calling us to keep his command. And this amazing set of verses here where Jesus, Jesus takes it all back to one simple command, doesn't he? He says, my command is this, love one another. Love one another. Yeah, and it's not the only time that Jesus sums up his commands like that. Jesus always sums up his commands as love. 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 That is what we are commanded to do. Love. And let's be clear, that means being different to the world. Because our world is not a world that always loves. And there are a whole load of things that we could pull out of Scripture and say, well, these are the commands. These are the things that God is telling us to do. These are, these are the ways that God is telling us to live. Uh, this is the Jesus lifestyle. But really, uh, we could take all of those things and reduce them down to love. You know, Scripture isn't a whole set of tick boxes uh, that you need to tick in order to live a good life. I kind of feel like it's, actually, it's just one tick box that you are commanded to do in order to be fruitful. And that is to love. It all comes back to love. You know, no matter what it is. And for those of you that were here before Christmas, you know, we just did a whole load of stuff on James, didn't we? And looked at some of the practical ways in which God calls us to live. But it all comes down to love. You know, when we're told, don't murder... <laughs> This isn't a very contentious one, you know. I guess we can probably all agree on it. We were told don't murder. It will, it's, it's, not very, it's not a very loving thing to do. You know, it's, people agree with that? Yeah. It always comes back to love. You know, what about the fact that we're encouraged to save sex for marriage? You know what? I think it comes back to love. You know, the fact that God has created men and women to share this most precious gift, expression of vulnerability and intimacy in a secure and stable, lifelong, monogamous, covenantal relationship. It's not because God wants to kind of be a killjoy. It's because he wants us to love. And that is one of the ways that we can show love. You know, everything comes back to love. That's why we shouldn't be deceitful. We shouldn't lie. It's not loving. 
That's why we should care for the vulnerable around us, because that is what love calls us to do. You know, ultimately, it's why we should be doing things like Alpha, why we should be, be on a mission to tell people that don't know about Jesus about Jesus. Because if we didn't tell them about Jesus, well, that is not loving. You know, if we really want to love our neighbors, we have to tell them about Jesus. Because that is the loving thing to do. Jesus says, keep my command. And my command is this, love. You know, one of the most famous theologians uh, of the past was a guy called St. Augustine. And uh, one of the famous quotes that he said is this, love and do what you will. St. Augustine basically says, look, you can do anything you like. You can live any way you like, as long as you first love. Love and do what you will. And And I think there's a huge amount of wisdom in that. Jesus says, first, love. And if we truly are loving one another and loving our God, then actually that will have an impact on the choices that we make and the decisions that we take and the way that we organize our lives. Love and do what you will. And there's a fascinating piece of this scripture. And I'd encourage you, I really feel like this is a scripture for this year for us. I'm only going to speak on it today. No doubt we'll come back to it throughout the year. But I would encourage you all to go away and read this passage. You know, allow God to speak to you through this passage. I believe this is for us. And if you're a visitor this morning, you are really welcome here. We love you and we would love you to come back. But I believe that this is for us. This is for SPS, for 2018. So take this away. John 15, 1 to 17. Read it. Soak in it. Allow God to speak to you through it. There's another fascinating piece of this scripture where Jesus talks about, ask for anything in my name and I'll give it to you. An amazing piece of scripture, isn't it? You know, we need, to, we need to wrestle with that. You know, what does it mean when God says to us, well, ask, ask and you will receive? You know, well, you know, we haven't got time to unpack it too much this morning because like, I'm going to finish, really, uh, with this. But I wonder if we can take St. Augustine's phrase and stretch it a little bit here because I kind of feel like maybe Jesus might say, well, love... And get whatever you want. (laughs) Love and do whatever you want. Because actually, if we truly are loving, then we will be doing the things that God is asking us to. If we truly are loving, then we will be asking for the things that we should be asking for. And I believe that we can ask for a lot. I really do. And, and this, for me, is the thing that I am so excited about as we step into this year together. You know, I believe that God is saying to us, reminding us that you have been created 
to be fruitful. You have been created to be fruitful. And if if you remember nothing else from this morning, please remember that, that you were designed and created in order to bear fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. God wants you to be fruitful in every area of your life. But we know that stuff kind of goes wrong. Stuff stuff gets in the way. Uh, We know that we need Jesus to come and bring us back uh, when we stumble, when we fall over, when we end up uh, unclean. And I think the amazing thing is that not only have we been created to be fruitful, but that this passage reminds us that we are now chosen to be fruitful. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask for in my name, I will give you. This is my command, love each other. God is choosing us to be people who are fruitful, who bear fruit that will last. And he has given us a strategy to do that. We need to keep connected. We need to keep clean. We need to keep Jesus' command and love one another. And I believe as we do those three things, we are going to see God do amazing things amongst us incredible things amongst us. You know, I believe we're going to get to the end of this year and we're going to look back and say, wow, God, isn't that amazing what you have done? This fruitfulness. If we keep connected, if we keep clean, if we keep Jesus' command to love. Should we stand together? As the kids come and join us, I'm going to pray for us. And Ashton and the band are going to come and lead us in a final song together. You know, I'm excited that we get to do all this stuff together. You know, and I invite you to pray with me now. You might want to raise a hand like we do in worship. You might want to hold a hand out and ask God to, uh, to just pour his spirit out upon you. Uh, you know, there's nothing uh, particularly special about our, our posture necessarily. But, you know, I believe that God wants to pour his spirit out upon us uh, as we begin this new year together. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who created us. Thank you that you created us to be fruitful. And no matter where we find ourselves now, thank you that you choose us to be fruitful. Lord, help us to stay connected this year, to read our Bibles, to pray with and for one another, to turn up and to be involved, to be your branches, connected. And Jesus, help us to keep God, we want you to point out in our lives the things that need to be cut off. God, would you come and cut them off? Even now, Jesus, as we stand here before you, would you come and do a work of healing and cleaning in us? Lord, anything, anything that is in our lives that is holding us back from the fruitfulness that you are calling us to, Jesus, we say now, Today, would you cut it off? But not only that, Jesus, everything, 
in our lives that is bearing fruit. God, would you prune it? Would you clean it? Lord, because we want to be even more fruitful for your glory so that your kingdom might advance in this place so that we might see you in greater, greater measure here in Shadwell, in Wapping, in, uh, in East London, North and South. Lord, all the communities that we represent, Lord, that we might see you do incredible things. But Lord, most of all, would you help us to love? Would you pour your love into each one of us now? Lord, as we stand before you, would you pour your love into each one of us? So that, Lord, the love that we have seen and the love that we have received, may that be the love that we are able to give. Oh, Jesus, we offer you ourselves afresh this morning. Holy Spirit, come and have your way today, tomorrow. Lord, for the whole of this year. We are yours, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you.